Are you here? <laughs> Once you're here, we'll start the next edition of the Paul Leslie Hour. Welcome to episode number 997 of the Paul Leslie Hour. Close to quadruple digits now. You know, sometimes in life you happen to bump into interesting people. That's kind of, in a way, what the Paul Leslie Hour is all about. We're all moving around the crust of this earth, and that's when the occasional bump happens. Well, we bumped into this guy, and we're going to introduce you to him. Today, Joe Mendoza with two Zs, a bona fide raconteur. He's a renaissance man, a repurposer, futures trader. Oh, and he's definitely... A music lover. Well, he's seen more than 1,000 concerts and counting. As you're about to hear, Joe Mendoza, with two Zs, has some interesting perspectives and some pretty great stories. And you know, ladies and gentlemen, keep in mind that the Paul Leslie Hour is made possible by viewers and listeners just like you. You know, we've been telling the human story for 20 years now, and you can be a helper an assistant, a collaborator, simply visit www.thepaulleslie.com support, and we thank you. You can also help the growth of our YouTube channel just by hitting the subscribe button and ring that bell. We thank you. Well, I think it's time for Joe Baby Mendoza with two Zs. Let's listen together. Good morning, Joe Mendoza. Good morning. How you doing? How are you, sir? Hello. <laughs> I'm good. I'm okay. Good to talk to you. Yeah, it's nice to meet you with Mar-a-Lago the other night. Absolutely. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we're rolling into another episode of the Paul Leslie Hour. I'm joined by Joe Mendoza. He is a Florida resident, a businessman, by all accounts, a lover of life. So, Joe, how would you answer the question, the somewhat philosophical question of who is Joe Mendoza? Who is Joe Mendoza? Joe Mendoza is somebody who is, as you say, enjoying life. I center a lot of my work around music. I enjoy music. I like playing it as an amateur, but I love to go see it live. I've been to well over a thousand concerts in my free time over the past. Uh, I started at 17 with the Grateful Dead in Nassau Coliseum was my first concert, like 1980. Mm. And I'm going all the way now to their new, their newest uh, residency. They're going to be playing at the Sphere in Las Vegas with some of my remaining members and also John Mayer stepping in and playing lead guitar where Jerry Garcia has passed away many years ago. So I still follow all things Grateful Dead and a lot of other music. Jimmy Buffett, I'm a big fan of all types of music. And I, I, I love to work and I always have music on. I have Bluetooths all all over the place so we always have music going and really doing i just did a guitar i make artwork on repurposed broken guitars i call them mosaic and so it's music and mosaic and i kind of figured out how to do this and i've sold well over 400 of these in my spare time these guitars and i just finished one last night 
and it's the Beatles. It's, it's a Beatles tribute guitar. And it's just an interesting, I got a lot of pieces that I put together on the guitar and they either hang on the wall. These are repurposed broken guitars that can't be played anymore and they're not cost effective to repair. So I put artwork on them. I uh, put a lot of repurposed uh, broken costume jewelry from living in South Florida. A lot of jewelry comes onto the market and I go to state sales and things and I repurpose. People don't wear this kind of jewelry anymore, but it reminds them of a different era. And a lot of it is very beautiful. So I encrust the guitars and with all types of things. And every one is different because I can't find the same pieces twice. And then I put artwork on there and I gloss the whole thing with resin, the, the resin that you use on the top of bars, barcoat resin. So they're very durable and very glossy. They look candy coated. How interesting. Now, do you have a branding for these? Do they have a certain name or is it it's just that my, my artist name is Joe Baby, because I have a friend that always goes, hey, Joe Baby. And I'm like, that's a good name. Nobody's going to forget that. So <laughs> it's Joe Baby Mosaic. And if anybody goes to Instagram, I'm on Joseph Mendoza with two Zs, M-E-N-D-O-Z-Z-A. And they can see all the guitars and pieces of art that I've made as a hobby. This is just my side little hobby that I do, but it's turned into quite a quite a thing the accountant says hey you know you sold a lot of art last year i said i did i didn't know that (laughs) (laughs) it's a joy so you were mentioning the grateful dead earlier if you could put it into words what is it about the grateful dead that has resonated with you so much because you're clearly a devotee oh yeah absolutely and the first thing i i heard First of all, when I was very young, I saw in the paper that they got 70,000 people at Giant Stadium in New York. And I remember saying to my father at the time, I said, who's, who is this? What is this, a band? How did they get 70,000 people? And they were all looking like they had a good time in the, in the article. So the next year they came, I went to see them. And it was just a, a unbelievable live performance of a mix of blues it's like electric country psychedelic blues. That's all I can say. And I've, they can play anything. They, you never know what they're going to play. You never know the, the mood of the show. They go off in different directions. It's like, I've seen lots of bands and they play a set show, kind of like uh, Taylor Swift. She's doing a wonderful tour right now, but it's a set show with two, like they call them secret songs. Well, with the Grateful Dead, the entire show is a secret songs. It's you never know what they're going to open with, what they're going to play next. Every show is different. So I really enjoyed that and their musicmanship. You know, a lot of people think they're heavy metal. They are not. I mean, it's it's something like if you go see them and you enjoy music, you can't go home and say that wasn't interesting. And I really experienced something at the moment created. There's no backing tracks. They just are great players. And so that spirit of adventure, we traveled, I used to take my vacations three times a year. And I would go and see the dead from California to the Carolinas. And up. To, I'd go visit my parents up in New York. I lived in Florida and I would see them, you know, spring, summer and fall tour every year. I would catch concerts and just started adding up. And every time I went, I had a good time and look forward to the next time. <laughs> Very eloquently put. Now, somebody who sadly passed away, we were talking about him a bit at Mar-a-Lago. 
He was a huge Grateful Dead fan. And I'm talking about Jimmy Buffett. And you had the opportunity, if my memory serves me correctly, to see a very unique show of Jimmy Buffett in a place very associated with him. Yes, I was living in Key West. I was, all of a sudden I decided on a whim when I was younger to move to Key West. I kept going down there on little trips. I lived about four hours away in Boca Raton, Delray Beach. And I said, you know, I just, I was working a lot. And I said, I just want to go to the Keys. I want to experience this. So I lived down there for about five months and I don't remember a lot of it because a lot of people just drink a lot down there and we had a good time. I worked very hard. I had to work two jobs just to afford to live there. And I worked a lot. I was doing uh, carpentry and I was also, I was trying to get a bartending job, which I was trained in, but the bartenders make more than the doctors down there. So they always give them to family members, the bartending jobs. But anyway, I, one night was, on my bicycle because you rarely ever drove because it was a two mile by four mile island in Key West. And I would go and hang out with Captain Tony Terracino, who was the uh, Captain Tony's saloon. And I'd love to kind of hang with him because I liked his bar because he didn't have TVs in his bar. So he encouraged people to talk and tell stories. And Jimmy Buffett actually got his start in Captain Tony's. And one of his songs is uh, Last Mango of Paris details that start of how he met Captain Tony and how he was just him and a guitar when he first got to town. He was his, like one of his first gigs was right there. So anyway, Jimmy Buffett, I'd go down on my bicycle to Duval Street and I'd hang out in Captain Tony's bar and a friend of mine says, hey, I heard Jimmy Buffett's in town and he's working on Barometer Soup. He's an album. He knew one of the crew members, this friend of mine. So he says, all of a sudden he gets a call and he says, he's going to play tonight. And I'm like, what? So we go over to Jimmy Buffett's Margaritaville Bar. I get in there and then all of a sudden the line starts. The word got out on the island, you know, the coconut telegraph. Everybody knew he was in town. He was coming. And next thing you know, they're loading an amps and Jimmy comes bounding out on the stage. And they played for hours and hours and they played the whole album. And I remember clearly... Mel Fisher, who discovered the Atocha, was sitting in the audience, and he had the gold chains around his neck, and was, he was just tipping very well because he was so rich from all this gold that he just found. And I remember Jimmy Buffett's amplifiers were all crimson, uh, no, amber, and those were from shots of tequila that everybody was sending up to the band. And the, all the amplifiers had shot glasses all over them full of tequila from the audience. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, it was a great night, and he played very well, and he was just, just such an interesting guy. I remember the first set was just reggae, just to warm up. He did a set of reggae. He really loved reggae. And you can hear it in a lot of his Jamaica Mistaka and a lot of his other songs. He would have reggae influences. But Jimmy Buffett, to me, was one of the most underrated writers and songwriter and lyric writers. He just had so much depth. And yes, it was him, but he wasn't stuck in a in a mode. You could always tell it was him, but he, he could change. And he's got so many beautiful songs. If anybody's looking to go, like Beach, Beaches, Boats, Bars, and Ballads is his four CD set that actually outsold Elvis's box set. And not many people know that, but it is a treasure trove of masterful 
writing and happy songs and interesting songs and melodies and harmonies. It's it's an incredible masterwork this of his thing. People know him for just a, a few songs, Come Monday at Margaritaville, but the guy was way, way, way more than that. Absolutely. Now, just to give our listeners a, a bit of context, around the time, the time that you saw this impromptu concert, that was around the time of 1995 Barometer Soup, is that correct? Yes, sir. That was such a wonderful album as well. Yeah, and uh, here's another little tidbit. At one point, Jimmy Buffett wrote a wrote a play that was they were testing to go up to New York to be on, you know, with all the plays. And uh, I remember the author was Herman Woke, W, I guess, W-O-U-K. Right. He based, for, you know, I'm, I'm forgetting the name of the play, something, uh, anyway. Don't Stop the Carnival. Don't Stop the Carnival. Thank you. There it is. So I went to the one of the original performances of Don't Stop the Carnival while they were testing it in Coconut Grove. And somehow, I don't know how, I backed into the wrong door. And next thing you know, I'm standing next to Jimmy Buffett at an after party next to in a table with Herman Woke. And he wouldn't, he wouldn't, doesn't want any pictures. He kept saying, this isn't about me. This is about the, the play. You know, he didn't want to be viewed as Jimmy Buffett, the, you know, the superstar. He wanted to just be somebody who wrote the, all the music for the play. And I'll tell you what, I mean, objectively, it was excellent. It was really good. I'd never made it to Broadway. I don't know why, but there was a band called Ico Ico, and they were the house band. And they were, I used to see them around Florida all the time. They were fantastic. And it was just, the music was great. And it was a, it was a fun, happy play, you know, with the musical. And it had great songs. And you know, that was just him. And he just wrote that whole thing and they, they worked it all up. And then I guess they just said, uh, you know, whatever Hollywood or Broadway doesn't want to pick it up, and they shelved it. But you know, I got lucky to see it, and that was just one of those nights. And Joe, you've gotten the chance to see so many shows. You've you've had these very unique opportunities, and you've taken those chances, and and you have stories as a result. Joe, could you say that someone was the best in concert? Um, I'm, I'm tilting towards Grateful Dead just because I was, I saw such a, an incredible a la minute, uh, creation of music. Like they would play a song and then they would go into a jam. And if you really like interplay between guitars and Hammond organ and double drummers, they had two drummers and they had one of the best bass players in the world, Phil Lesh. And they were, they would just weave this tapestry that was just amazing. So I'd have to say, Grateful Dead. But then again, there's so many good concerts I've seen. I just I have to give credit to everybody. I saw Pink Floyd. I saw lots of Jimmy Buffett concerts. I probably saw Buffett easily 50 or 60 times in my life. He always put on a good show. I love Brad Paisley, the country guy. I mean, man, what a what a performer he is. I think he won Entertainer of the Year like five or six times. Well, well worth the trip to go see Brad Paisley concert. Who else? Just so many concerts over the years. The Rolling Stones, I enjoy occasionally whenever they come around. I heard the Stones only tour when they run out of money. I always laugh at that. <laughs> you know, they're still going now, but uh, not running out of money, but they still come around once in a while. But I, that's another reason I used to enjoy the dead is because they came around three times a year. And 
their live shows were very just a, an interesting group of people and if anybody has a chance to they're going to be in Las Vegas to go to one of these forever dead concerts at the Sphere I highly recommend it it's one of the most beautiful I haven't been there yet but I've been doing a lot of research on it the beautiful performing venues in the world i think it was 2.3 billion dollars to build it and it is visually and audio wise the most advanced performing arts thing the band u2 i think just did 44 concert residency there and they i saw some videos on that on youtube and it's just magnificent so with the grateful dead's uh vast archive of visual artwork that's been done through their 50 60 year career as well as their depth of music and you know i think they, they have about 250 songs in rotation they play other people's songs they play lots of their songs dating back from 1965 to now it's just going to be an incredible uh, residency and i'm looking forward to going out i'll probably catch anywhere from six to ten shows in the course of the whole residency. I'm looking forward to that. Wow. So people can look for Joe Mendoza. That is a bona fide fan. <laughs> and you know what? I'm sure there's like trust fund babies and guys with unlimited resources. Cause a lot of, Hey, a lot of the fans, they grew up and they, they were like computer people and stuff. I meet guys that are very, very wealthy and they just go like, they have one event called playing in the sand. And one of their band, it's a take on one of their songs called Playing in the Band. And they, it's a, like a three night concert down in Mexico. They build the stage on the beach at this resort. And it's an all inclusive fly in, see three nights of concerts, all the food, drinks. It's like this huge club med for dead, right? <laughs> well, I, I, like I went on a couple times just to see, oh, letting the, all the packages sold out the first day. All the VIPs, everything's gone. Like big, huge money. So there's a lot of wealthy people who, who love these guys and still follow them all these years later. And me, I'm, I'm a hard worker. I'm doing fine, but I just, I'll be in the middle seat somewhere. I'm not going to be in the VIP. I'm not going to be at the end. I'll be right in the middle dancing. <laughs> Something that it maybe seems totally unrelated to music, but I think it is connected. You were commenting that Donald Trump, in terms of being a speaker, in terms of being a, a live presence, it's something I've felt as well. It's really something to behold. So that's yes. a curveball. What do you, what do you think of that, Joe? No, I, I'm a big supporter of him. I knew I got married at Mar-a-Lago and I've just, I've met him a few times, arm's length and just watched his, you know, career. And, you know, we all watched the, the, the apprentice and we saw how he was a businessman. And listen, if you can make it in New York on any level, like he did, you have to be, you know, tough. And I met, a, you know, I met and been around some of his family members. They're all like just, Great people. They really are. And I know they get a lot of hassle and there's a whole group of people just think all these crazy things about him, but he's just somebody who wants a future to be okay for his kids and what we're seeing now in politics. And, you know, they just look at it. They just uh, said they're going to give $95 billion away. And meanwhile, we have veterans sleeping in the streets and police being assaulted and, and, Things that are happening right here that we could 
you know, help our border and, and help all these people that are going to be affected by letting in unvetted people. I mean, he said many times, we need immigration. We just need to know who's coming and to do it legally and carefully and make sure because once it's kind of like a tenant, once they're in, they're not easy to get out. So, and, you know, the object of the president is to secure and protect the citizens of the United States. And unfortunately, don't seem that uh, seem to be happening right now. So to, to back to your question, yeah, I think he's he speaks for Ballard, and I've watched him change over the years to be really affected by the outpouring of trust and how good he did his first term, even though there was all these investigations and all this stuff that they've proved. Now I just saw in the news they said uh, President Obama was. You know, they have the evidence or documents that he was spying on the campaign. And, of course, they said they didn't do that. So and when it all comes out eventually, but the problem is the damage is done. But I thought the president did a good job the first term, and we'll see. I'm excited to see what happens. Very good, Joe. So, Joe, in closing here, you have had an interesting life, as we can see just listening to you tell these stories. You're also someone who's not afraid to speak his mind, which I think is important in this day and time. But what is the best thing about being Joe Mendoza? The best thing about being Joe Mendoza is that I have a healthy life. I have a, I like to help people. And I, in the meantime, I like to take all that life has to offer and give back I'm constantly helping people, and I find that that's I'm rewarded. Like hard work and good luck are not strangers. So the more you work at something and the more you help, the more it comes back to you, kind of like a karma thing. And it it really works. And to also pray, you know, I pray. I I have a relationship with God, and I think it works for me. It doesn't might not work for everybody, but I've noticed. That when I go into that and I experience that, that things happen and there's a master plan. And sometimes you don't, you don't complain because something isn't happening fast enough because there's a master plan and there's always a way to work things out. So just do good and good will happen to you. That's the way I try and run my life and help people when I can. But I also just don't, you know, I don't give free money away. People come up and ask me for money all the time. You know, I said, no, I said, just get to work. It's an easy place to go find money, just like I did. I said, I'm still working hard and you can work too. Nothing wrong with a little work. And you'll be surprised at how far it'll get you and how much uh, money you can accumulate. Very, very good. Now, Joe, are there any, any parting words for our listeners out there? Well, I just want everybody to do no harm. That's the the key. That's the mantra. Just, you know, don't, uh, like I find here's, here's something interesting. I find somebody said something to me the other day, and I looked at him, and I'm like, now why would you say that to me? They said something that was un- unnecessary. And you know what it is? I think in the day and age after COVID, you got a lot of keyboard warriors and they love to jump on Twitter or X and they love to jump on things and make comments on the, all the social platforms. And they're hiding behind that keyboard because nobody on the other side called them out on it. 
And I think it's important because a lot of people have dropped their filter. Mm. And you want to be respectful. You want to be kind. You know, you don't have to give oxygen to somebody who is is negative. So just like think before you speak, especially if it's going to be a negative comment to somebody. Just don't lash out, you know, dropping F-bombs and, and, and just coming at somebody because that person might be going through it right now and you have to be, you know, respectful. And then you will get respect. But you're seeing a lot of people in this in social circles and out in public just just, you know, showing that they really don't have any any social skills. You hmm. know, they just don't. And it's it's sad to see. And I hope it turns around. But remember, you the number one rule in life is don't take any nonsense from anybody and just get away from people, even if it means a slight loss. Get away, be alone. Surround yourself with good people and be very careful. If somebody is acting crazy or acting weird, or you're not going to change them. You just want to remove them from your orbit and <laughs> be, be alone or find somebody else who can replace them. Don't let negative people around you. That's my advice. Very sage advice. Well, it's been a pleasure to be joined by Joe, the man of a thousand shows, Mendoza. <laughs> Joe baby Joe baby <laughs> alright and if anybody you come down again Paul you come on down and, and see Joe down in down in Florida and we'd uh, love to, to have you and uh, to do this again alright sounds sounds like a plan thank you so much alright you take care of yourself have a wonderful day thank you sir bye 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 we thank you and appreciate you dropping in for the Paul Leslie Hour today You know, you can help the Paul Leslie Hour in our mission to provide independent media content like this by visiting www.thepaulleslie.com slash support. We truly thank you. This is your announcer speaking. Performance of the Entertainer intro song and Corina Corina outro song courtesy of John Premerano. Well, that's it for today. So until next time, be safe and be good.